Wow. Someone say, wow. There's no place like Zion. That was explosive. <laughs> I love the, the wineskin, you know, the wineskin of, you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. And I love the wineskin of truth, word, but I love the wineskin of spirit and encounter. Got to have them both. Father, we just, we bless what's going on over here. <laughs> We're thankful for people who assist others <laughs> in times like this. <laughs> love the the wineskin. Yeah, if you're you're all word and no spirit, you dry up. You're all spirit, no word, you blow up. And if you're word and spirit, you grow up. And I love this house. Love Jim and Mary, the team, and just it's always a privilege to be here, and I'm on staff at Bethel Church in Redding, California. We have our, Wendy and I have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. We have a mandate to ignite hope. It's our assignment. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is. Our hope level determines our influence level. It's good to see you guys tonight. Yeah, it was a good night last night. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It was a good night. Yes. Where was I? Hope. Yeah, I love you. Just God asked Ezekiel, he says, hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel, what do you think? Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. Do you think they can live? I love Ezekiel's answer, safest answer of all time. Oh, Lord God, you know. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. And then God said, prophesy. Speak. He didn't say, Ezekiel, go step in the corner and watch me prophesy. He says, you, you prophesy. Because God has to partner with somebody who has unreasonable optimism. God has to partner with someone who prophesies. And why don't you just say, why don't you just say this, I'm a high-level prophetic person. I love to laugh at lies. Um, if you know my ministry, Laughter is a powerful spiritual weapon that breaks off the absurdity of getting our beliefs from our past experience rather than from what God says. So let's just, uh, can we just, we're going to do a little bit of laughing tonight again. Is that okay with you? For some of you, I'm a little bit nervous about that. Um. Why don't you, let's just laugh at just a few lies, and then I want to I go after a couple things tonight. And, uh, that 
you, let's laugh at this, you will still be the same person that you were after this meeting as you were when you came into the meeting. Ha, ha, ha. That was a long, long lie. <laughs> that was a... How about let's laugh at this one. Um, you are not prophetic. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. And you do not have the gift of prophecy. Ha, ha, ha. God says, prophesy, Ezekiel. Prophesy. Tell the bones they're going to live. Become a great army. If, something, if something's going to happen, something has to be spoken. If something did happen, something was spoken. And you don't have something just by saying something, but saying something is necessary to having something. You don't have something just by saying it, but if you, if you want something to happen, something has to be spoken. Something has to be spoken. There's no such thing as a strong, silent-type Christian. This side looks really decent and in order. <laughs> I used to think I'd reached the, the pinnacle of Christian speech because I hadn't cussed for a month. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> I'm not advocating cussing, but the, the kingdom of God is not moved forward by the absence of a negative. It's moved forward by the presence of a positive. It's not stopping something. It's like we're, we're, not, we're not called to fight darkness. We're called to turn the light on. Our mandate isn't to try to get rid of darkness, rebuke darkness, war against darkness. Our, our mandate is figure out how to turn the light on. Because... When the light gets turned on, guess what? Darkness has to go. And prophecy is one of the greatest ways to turn the light on. And, and, and this, uh, I, I love this topic. I love, I love this topic of hearing, hearing God's voice and, and learning to prophesy. And it's a great passage in Hebrews 10, where the writer of Hebrews, verse 23, <laughs> I just love the noises around here, I just, this is fun. Hebrews 10, 23 said, let's hold on to the confession of our hope. Say confession of our hope. It says, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. 
I mean, no, that's a lot of hope confession. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you're holding on to it, and you're holding on to it without wavering. And then it says, because the one who made the promise is reliable. Just say, God's reliable. Uh, I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. I mean, positive thinking is better than negative thinking. But I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. It says here, the more you believe God's reliable, the more hope you'll speak. So it's not rooted in mental gymnastics. It's rooted in what we believe. And the more truth we believe, the more hope we'll talk. Then it says in verse 24, And let us consider each other carefully. Let's just look around the room and just go, hmm, 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 hmm. And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose, listen to this, for the purpose of sparking love. Just say sparking. Sparking love and good deeds. Wow. Then it says in verse 25, don't stop meeting together with believers which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Listen to this. Instead, encourage each other, especially or all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I love this. I've got a message that I preach called Supernatural Encouragement. I'll just touch on that just for a moment. Uh, There's three levels of encouragement. One is learning how to encourage yourself. Two is learning how to encourage other people. And three is moving into uh, supernatural encouragement, which is called prophecy. And, you know, I mean, the first level, you know, hearing God and prophesying, because to prophesy, it is, we're having faith, we're actually hearing the heart of the Lord for people or situations. And the first person that we need to hear the heart of the Lord for is ourselves. The one that I need to prophesy over most is me. I, I practice with me. Because if I can prophesy to me, it'll be easy to prophesy to others. You know, it says in, in Romans 10, it talks about, verse 13 says, And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. And then in verse 14, it says, So how can they call on someone they don't have faith in? And how can they have faith in someone they've not heard of? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce the good news. Now, prophecy is also good news. The gospel's good news. And the, I used to give good news to other people, but bad news to me. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Yeah, ha, ha. The first person I'm sent to to bring good news to is myself. Good news. Steve, I've got good news for you today. 
You are who God says you are. His promises for you are true. You're forgiven. You're free. So I'm sent to me. I'm sent to me. I, I got, and part of it is just learning how to encourage ourselves. And you know, I don't know about you, but I know me really well. Man, I know my, I hang out with me a lot. <laughs> I know me, and there's some areas about me that I'm not really excited about. Let's laugh at that. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's give an extra laugh on that one. Ha <laughs> ha. Something's not changing. Compare myself to others. Ah, I come up short. <laughs> But learning how to encourage ourselves is so powerful. I mean, David, you think you've had a bad day. David, in 1 Samuel 30, goes out to battle with his men. They come back to their city called Ziklag. And all their wives and children are kidnapped, and their whole city's burned. And then his men have the logical um, next step. Kill the pastor. <laughs> Let's take the guy out at top on top. Now, yeah, that's a, that's not a good day. But I love what it says in, in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. It says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I, I don't know what he did, but he, I have a hunch he talked to himself. Sean, he had us talking to ourselves, and I like that. I wrote a book called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just nuts if you don't talk to yourself. Psalm 103, which he quoted, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. His soul, bless him. I don't feel like it. Tough. Forget not his benefits, who heals all, forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases. And, and David encouraged himself. Lord, I, I believe he, he, he started talking to himself. He said, no, Samuel's prophecy over me has not happened. It's not over yet. <laughs> it says in uh, Ephesians six seventeen, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the what? Word of God. It's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. We're supposed to fight. I mean, we've got to fight with a word. Man, there's been times I've just had it out with the devil. Now I just, I remember when we got my wife, Wendy, we got saved. We were hippies. We... <clears throat> Then we, we had purity issues after we got saved, tried to get that going right, and we struggled. Then we said, we, we need to put Jesus first. We're going to break up, put Jesus first. How many think that's a good idea? So that's what we did. So we broke up. We're in a church of about 200 people. I see her in the church talking to another guy. It troubled me. About a year later, we, we 
you know, we just really had got a stronger foundation. We started gravitating back together. We're at going out for coffee, things like that. We go to our youth pastor basically to confess our sins, saying, um, hey, we felt like the Lord told us to break up. Now we're getting back together. What should we do? He asked us a question. He said, have you prayed about getting married? No. Marriage? So the next weekend, we prayed and fasted. So we did things back then. Both, both prayed and fasted the whole weekend. And to get our answer from God. I remember driving up. We were in Fortuna, California. I remember driving up in my Volkswagen bus. Yep, drove, and she drove up in her Ford Pinto. Remember the exact place. And we met. I'm the brave man of God. I asked her, what's your answer? <laughs> she said yes. And I said, I heard yes too. We kissed. It wasn't that romantic of an engagement. But... That's, that's how we decided to get married. Well, I get into my Volkswagen bus. <laughs> and, and I felt like as I was driving away, every demon in the state of California got into the bus with me. <laughs> and they were saying, what if you are wrong? Do you know for sure? And I went into chaos. And I was smart enough. Fortunately, we didn't have cell phones back then for me to text Wendy. Someone say, good idea. Smart enough not to phone her. Say, hey, I'm just having some doubts. Uh, yeah. Didn't do that. But I remember I, I tried to find all my, I had four key mentors. None of them were available. None. I'm in chaos. <laughs> I'm in chaos. And we had a prayer house. Our church did. And I went into the prayer house, and I had it out with the devil. I had it out with me. I was shouting in there. I was rehearsing why I said yes. This is why I said yes. Here's all the signs. And I got that thing off me. I encourage myself in the Lord. I mean, there's times where some of us just need to get mad. Someone just go, rah, ah. Some of us just need to get that thing off us. Wow, you know, Moses asked Pharaoh, when do you want the frogs to go? He said, tomorrow. Let's laugh at that. Ha, oh. Remember another time, <laughs> pastoring in Nevada, discouraged, felt like failure. Devil was saying, you are a failure. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> and I remember I felt like quitting. I said, God, I need, I need something from you. The old word isn't strong enough anymore. So I had a thought. In prayer, Steve, I haven't called you to fail. I've called you to succeed. 
I mean, that's a good thought. But it wasn't great enough to overcome my discouragement. Don't tell anybody. Go to a pastor's prayer meeting. Share battling discouragement. Will you pray for me? They gather around me. First guy out of his mouth, he prays this. Father, I thank you that you haven't called Steve to fail. You've called him to succeed. (laughs) Something happened. That was a prophetic word. I said, that's God. I just heard from God. That had to be God. I heard something. And I got a sword. And I started fighting with that thing. Man, I started fighting discouragement, lies, feeling like a failure. And I learned to encourage me. Man, I tell you, 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 start, you start getting into this prophecy thing. Now, I, it's got to start with ourselves. I, I prophesy to me. I prophesy the promises of God over me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's going to meet all my needs, my financial needs, my emotional needs, my relational needs. <laughs> and I'm hearing tonight, you know what I'm hearing tonight? I'm hearing tonight, people in this room, you're, you're getting a key in your hand of how to encourage yourself like never before. You're getting a key. You start. Prophecy isn't some, well, I'm just going to put on a prophetic hat, you know, right now, and I'm going to start looking up. No, I want to be a prophetic person, not just an occasional prophesier. And prophetic people speak, speak over themselves. Someone just say Fire. <laughs> this is a good meeting. <laughs> this is a good meeting. Just say, this is a good meeting. <laughs> Man, this is a good meeting. Thank you, Lord. <sighs> All right, so we're in Hebrews 10. It says in verse 24. And let us consider each other carefully. <laughs> did, I, did I already have you look around and go, hmm? Why don't you just do it again? Look around and just go, hmm. Hmm. Let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good work. Don't stop beating together with other believers, which some people have gotten in the habit of doing and said, encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So level two is encouraging people. How many of you know one of our greatest assignments in life is to encourage people? I've I've changed my, my bio the last few years. I've changed it, you know, People ask you to write a bio, and you've got to try to figure out who you are. That's kind of a good exercise. Who am I? And I've changed it. The first thing I have in my bio 
because Steve Backlund is an encourager. I said, That's, I'd rather be known as an encourager than an intergalactic apostle. <laughs> I would. I'd rather be known as an encourager than an intergalactic apostle. I believe encouragement is one of the most powerful callings in the body of Christ. I believe it is. And, and we're to consider each other. Now, I grew up without a lot of encouragement. I, I had good parents, but they didn't speak into my life. They're, they were silent in so many ways. And, and so I really, um, I, I didn't have a significant, I didn't have very many people seriously considering me and actually looking at me, considering what was in me and telling me to spark me into who I could be and what my potential was. And I had a lot of people, my, my friends would tell me what I was not good at. My friends would uh, point out my physical defects. They were really good at that. You know, and I used to, as a child and teenager, I used to blush a lot. Let's laugh at that. Ha uh, Yeah, ha. Huh. And when I blush in class, my friends would say, Flame on, Backland! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Struggling enough. <laughs> I remember, you know, I, I wanted to get tanned so bad. Let's laugh at that as well. <laughs> my friends would call me Whitey. Yep, let's not laugh at that. Ha ha, ha ha. Yeah, I mean, all those things. You guys understand that. You understand. Yeah, you said it's, we all, we all go through it, you know, at a level where we're actually, people are considering us in the negative in speaking. And so, you know, with the, those things, we're, we've overcome. Just say, I've overcome those things. Yeah, those things. And they're, 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 I don't want to say they're normal because they shouldn't be normal, but most of us have had that. And it's part of our having compassion for people, and it's also a great area to overcome. And, but I, so I really didn't have um, very many words. I could count on one hand how many words I had from 0 to 18. But I remember I was in a government class in high school, and I had Mrs. Riffenberg at Fortuna High School. And Mrs. Riffenberg um, considered me. She considered me. And she came to me. And she just took a few minutes with me. And, and she said, Steve, I see something in you. I see that you'd be good in politics and government. Wow. I listened to that. And something happened in me. Somebody sees something. Somebody sees something good in me. Somebody sees some potential. Woo! And, and, and because of that, I majored the next year when I went to college in political science. All because of one comment that one teacher made who actually thought about me. And I remember thinking back on that. I said, I'm not going to let people in my life I'm going to consider carefully the people in my life. I'm going I'm to I'm not, you know, I used to think prophetic ministry was 
to uh, find out what's wrong with people. Let's laugh at that. Uh No, I I mean, when we pastored in Nevada, we worked in a, uh, we pastored in a gold mining community. They moved hundreds of tons of dirt a day, but nobody talked about dirt. They only talked about gold. And people won't mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you're looking for gold and you believe there's gold in them. There's gold in every person. That's the nature of the prophetic is to mine out the gold and see the gold that's in every person. That's what it's about. The purpose of Christian leadership is not to remove dirt from people. Let me help you get rid of your dirt so you'll be a good Christian. Ha ha. So I got, I was like, I'm reading verses like this, and man, something got in me. I said, I, I, I felt like the Lord said, Steve, I want you to be the most encouraging person you know. And he, he gave me little things to do. He said, never go to a meeting without encouraging somebody specifically. Never go to a meeting, whether it's a public meeting, board meeting, meeting with a few people. Give them a word. Consider them and give them a word. Tell them what you see in them. Tell them the gold you see in them. And, and, and it's just, yeah, I used to not want to encourage people who had issues. Because I, I, fra- I was afraid if I encouraged them, they would think they're okay. So I would withhold my encouragement as a punishment to them, hoping they'd get it. And then after they, they fixed whatever I felt needed to be fixed in their life, then I would encourage them. Because I used to only want to encourage people who are just like me. I like the me I see in you. Everybody's negative quality is usually an immature aspect of a positive quality in their life. Everybody's negative quality is usually an immature aspect of a positive quality in their life. Now, mothers and fathers have a tendency of seeing the positive quicker than elder brothers do. And, and, yeah, just... You could have someone, you know, I, I've had all, all kinds of people, you know, overly talkative people who irritated me. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> I had people who, you know, uh, just love the Bible too much <laughs> and it would critique me constantly about my biblical errors and that, and I'd get kind of irritated and I remember, like that, that kind of person, I remember considering carefully. Hmm. 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 Hey, I got somebody in my church who loves the Bible. Wow. That's exciting. So I, got, I got some people in my church, they don't even care what the word says. 
the Bible. And my heart softens to him. Wow. Thank you for loving the Bible. I admire that about you. Thank you. Man, you start doing things like that, your heart softens towards people, and then your influence expands. Doesn't mean you don't have boundaries in relationships. Doesn't mean you don't have straight conversations. Just because you believe in people doesn't mean everybody has equal access to you or equal opportunity under you. But there's a heart, and, and, and it's a key. It's a key for a prophetic because the prophetic, we don't want to just prophesy. We want to have a prophetic culture. And, and where we actually see people according to their potential, not according to their past. And so just, yeah, just in, in, encouragement. And, you know, it's just, I, I just, whatever level of encouragement's in our life, I just see the Lord increasing it, increasing it. People say, hey, Steve, how can I be a prophetic? How can I start prophesying? I say, become the most encouraging person you know and ask Holy Spirit to um, infuse your encouragement. Ask Holy Spirit to take over your encouragement. You know, to prophesy, you don't need to be weird. You don't need a beard, a robe, and a staff. You don't need to use King James language. Yay! I saith God! I'm prophesieth! Naoth! That's just weird. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And he says, wow, he says, because I believe encouragement is, is, is the foundation to true prophetic ministry. You can't, you can't be in prophetic ministry without being an encourager. Because if you're not an encourager, then, then your prophetic, I believe your t- prophetic is going to have a negative edge to it. So you move into, so you encourage yourself, encourage others. Then you move into supernatural encouragement, which it says in, it basically says in, in Hebrews 10, 25, and let us encourage one another and all the more, say all the more, all the more as you see the day approaching. And, and, and basically what it says is, each year of your life, you should increase encouragement in quantity and quality. Quality is prophetic, but quantity is you just increase it. It says, and all the more as you see the day approach, you don't, don't stop getting together with believers. One of the most important reasons we get together with believers is to encourage people. It's why we come together. We, we worship. We had great worship. We get equipped. We get taught. Uh, we fellowship. We function as part of the body. But one of the reasons we come together is to encourage each other. That's why we meet. That's why we meet. We come to, you know. I used to not be able to encourage people because it was just all about me. How am I doing? Not well. I'd come to church, I'd ingrown eyeballs. 
It's all about me. Hope someone ministers to me again. <laughs> There's times where that needs to happen, but if that's the pattern, that's a problem. And by the way, if you're discouraged, one of the main ways to get encouraged is to encourage people. Sometimes that have been the most discouraged, the Lord says, send somebody a text. Tell them what you appreciate about them. I say, I don't feel like it. He says, do it anyway. Because once you take your eyes off of yourself and consider other people carefully, something shifts. Healthy people have their eyes looking upward and outward. And so you increase in quantity. All the, as you see the encouragement and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I don't, I don't care what you think the day is, it's approaching. I think it's rapture, it's approaching. End time revival, it's approaching. End time judgment, it's approaching. Your personal death, it's approaching. <laughs> Whatever you think the day is, it's approaching. <laughs> and it says, and all the more. It says, go out in a blaze of encouragement. God hasn't called us as we get older to become more cynical. Hey, man, I've been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't trust anybody either. <laughs> so it's quantity. I want to increase it. Man, it's fun to figure out how to creatively encourage people. You know, it's, you have to do more than just... I got, I got an assignment, by the way, for every non-Mara team member, because you're here. I want you guys to think for a moment. I want you to consider carefully Zion, this church. And I want, in a moment, I'm going to ask you what you appreciate about this church, what you see in them as you consider them carefully. And I don't think that's going to be too hard. But it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's important to be specific. We at Bethel Culture and Reading, sometimes we, you know, there, there's, a, there's a habit of people saying, just going around, you're amazing, you're amazing. Hey, you're, hey, 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 you're amazing. Well, thanks. But can you tell me why I'm amazing? Are you actually thinking about me enough to actually see me? And one of the great qualities, I believe, of great leaders is they see people. And people feel seen by them. And so, it's, you know, I love to just specifically tell people what I appreciate about them. You know, I mean, just, I'll let the, I've got some things I want to say. Why don't, why don't you guys come on up? We got a vet, got Mike, Yaku. They've been serving well with Mara. You. <laughs> uh, well, because you've been here, and so I, want, I want an outside observer. But I know you're, you're, you're going to get up here soon. So just, 
I want these outside observers who haven't been here to say what they appreciate. I hear you are a prophetic healing house. And I received this scripture in actually a really supernatural way. I don't usually share my process, but I will with you this time. Um, when I spend time with God in the morning, uh, I pray out of scripture and do declarations out of scripture. And this specific verse is a verse that we talk about prophetic. When he speaks to me about prophetic, this is the verse that he brings up often. And I actually declared it over myself to, to increase my prophetic and also my faith in my prophetic. And I was not on this page. I was actually two pages on. And for a moment, I looked away. And when I looked down, I was two pages turned to the left. The pages never turned. And so I knew this was for you. And the scripture is, I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. I, who set the heavens in place, who laid the foundations of the earth, and who say to Zion, you are my people. Now I want to ask you a question. Yes. You guys received that, by the way? Just as you can sit, what do you like about this church? I like about this church is that they are a prophetic healing house, that I see actually the um, anointing on this church to bring healing through declarations, um, that you're going to move beyond just laying hands on people. I see you declaring over regions, even regions, that certain sicknesses will leave and it's going to leave. What I appreciate about this house is how you've cultivated the presence, which is clearly here. I love, love the worship. How much is it here? <laughs> Just put it this way. Every time after worship, I'm really grateful that you don't call us up right away. <laughs> you need some time to recover. I do. And I, I really, you know, I was looking at the egg and the chicken and last week, yes, he's laughing because... And that chicken, I, really, I mean, I like that but guy. But th doesn't that confirm my word from last weekend? Oh, uh, that, oh yeah, the egg. That you believed uh, in. I know. Um, so I released a word in Bethel Austin about an egg. And my, one of my, my um, co-team um, members was concerned that my prophetic was taking a bit of a dive. And so we had a good laugh afterwards. Um, but then God just showed me the egg again. And so the egg was actually a symbol of birthing supernatural. And I really, really appreciate that. He just showed it to me. He says, look, the egg. And I'm like, you are a house that births the supernatural. And something else he showed me. I'm almost done, Steve. Something else he showed me. He's giving you me the look. Done? I know him. He's giving me the look. Um, something else he showed me. He say, it said that the, an egg carries enough nutrients that a single cell can turn, it makes a single cell turn into a whole chicken. You carry enough nutrients to turn a single cell in a whole new creation. Wow. Someone say wow to that. Wow. <laughs> All right. Mike, as you've been here. You're from the UK. From the UK. First time, been to Zion. Yeah. You know, what, as you've considered this place, what do you see? Well, as a contrast between Brits and the members at Zion, freedom. Yeah, lots and lots of freedom. 
think that that's what God pours out upon, is the freedom. I see a lot of love in the, just what, in my interactions with everybody, but also in the creative expression, in the artwork, and in the wailing wall. And I see a huge amount of victory in the given heaven and in the testimony wall. Yeah. And I see so much honor. I see it as just in my interactions with people, but also in the American flag and in the Israeli flag. And I have just been loving being here. It's wonderful. Yeah. I see such a big heart for your city in your desire to equip your people and also in the various ministries that honestly a small group of people are doing and there's so many of them and there's so much commitment and investment and that would only happen if there's really good leadership that makes you feel like you're at home and makes you feel like you belong that's what i see that's what i can wow, say wow that's good Yaku, as you've carefully considered zion what do you see well um before I came here, I was super excited to come to Zion for Jim and Mary. Um, I met him last year quickly. But what, I've, what I appreciate about your house is your, is your love for Jesus. Um, and especially um, your sensitivity in worship for him. Um, I think they've said it, just the freedom you guys carry. Um, I, I, I just appreciate your, your, your heart for the kingdom. I, I sense that you guys want to be a church for the kingdom and you want to, re, and you want to represent Jesus well. Um, yeah, I just, and and um, there's something on your worship which, which I just appreciate so much. There's a spontaneity there. There's a hunger for more of God, which, which just makes me f- f- feel at home. So, yeah. What happens I, to you when you get in an environment of worship like that? What happens? It makes me come alive. It makes me hear God's voice um, clearer. Um, you know, it, it, it just f- feels like a home for me. Um, you know, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Anything else you see that you want to comment on? Not now, later. <laughs> All right. Mara, once you come on up and you, uh, you three may be seated. We'll call you up. On, and Mara's, she's one of your own. What do you appreciate about this house? Because you've been here, and now you yeah. can tell at a deeper level. I grew up here. This was the church I grew up in. I started out as a youth kid. I started coming when I was like 13, I think. And uh, I think Jim and Mary and Bethany are probably the only ones who have known me that long. Um, your guys... I was really, actually, was really feeling a lot on this during worship. Was just the, um, the love and adoration you guys have for Jesus is really amazing. Um, I mean, I'm I'm like in the back, and this is the only place that I like. I I know I can do this, and I'm pay, I'm like running back and forth in the back, and I'm like swinging my arms, and I uh, if anyone wants to pray for my shoulder later, come find me, um, and I'm like jumping and I'm screaming, and I just feel this absolute freedom there. This is the house of freedom. This is the house that people know that like we love Jesus here, we worship here, like it's just the heart is turned towards God all the time. 
um, being outside of this, being at Bethel, people know this house. People know this house at Bethel. People know this house in Columbus. Um, Jim and Mary have done an amazing job at leading this church and leading a revival and leading into freedom. Um, so growing up here has, I mean, it was just a huge privilege. So that's, yeah. Someone say yay. Yay. What do you think of that? Those of you who are a part of Zion, what do you think of that? How does that make you feel? Makes you feel seen. Wow. They see me. And, and it's a powerful thing to see. And that's really what the prophetic is all about. It's about seeing people. Seeing people how God sees them. And, you know, you just, and all the more as we see the day approaching in quantity and quality, and, and quality prophetic, I and mean, quality encouragement is prophetic. And, you know, you look at the priority of prophetic ministry in Scripture. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, follow after love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, it listed nine spiritual gifts. You know, tongues, interpretation, miracles, discerning of spirit, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, prophecy. Um, forgetting one or two, but so it lists nine. And so then it has the love chapter, verse 13. Then it comes back to spiritual gifts. It's kind of amazing. Start talking about gifts. We're excited, but oh, but I want to remind you of something. You try to do great things, but treat people poorly, it works up to a big zero. I'm going to remind you of that, because if you get too excited about the gifts and think you're spiritual because you flow in the gifts, <laughs> let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, 1 Corinthians 13, at the beginning, it gives the who's who of revivalist activities. I mean, the check marks of revival. Speak in tongues of men of angels. Understand all mysteries, all knowledge. Burned alive for your faith. Give everything away. I mean, no, that's, that's, that's high-level stuff. Because if you have not love, it profits nothing. And so I'm waiting for this high level. What is this? I'm waiting for some meat. What's this love? Then it says, love is kind. Now I'm waiting for something deeper. Wait, I need, I, I want some meat. Love is kind. <laughs> love is patient, not easily provoked, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all that. Hmm. It says you got to get that. But then it goes back to gifts. Follow after love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. It basically says, the Greek says, burn with zeal for spiritual gifts. Don't be passive. Well, if God wants me to have the gift of healing, he knows where I live. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> if he wants me to prophesy, you know, he'll just open my mouth one day and I'll prophesy. Let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha,
<laughs> Burn with zeal for spiritual gifts, and especially you may prophesy. Go after one of them the most. Go after prophecy the most. And some would say, well, he's just comparing tongues and prophecy in 1 Corinthians 13, but I believe it's, it's, it's deeper than that. All the gifts are obviously important, but there's something about when you go after prophecy that is so powerful. Because, again, if something's going to happen, something has to be spoken. And new covenant prophecy is different than old covenant prophecy. I mean, new covenant is encouraging. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says that he who prophesies that him, you know, it's for comfort, edification, exhortation. Uh, the simple gift of new covenant prophecy is encouraging. Encouraging. We're all called to do it. Now, we're not all called into the office of a prophet. Ephesians 4, 11 and, uh, talks about the five-fold giftings, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. We're, we're, we may not, we're not all going to be in the office of a prophet, but we're all called to prophesy. We all have the gift. Just say, I have the gift. And, and so you just, I mean, in the office of a prophet, there may be correction, there may be rebuke, uh, there may be more, you know, there's going to be more direction in, in what's said, but the simple gift of prophecy is encouraging, and I believe it's calling out the golden people, and it's basically um, telling people who they really are. This is who you are. You know, I've mentioned this weekend Gideon and the angel in Judges 6, and Gideon doesn't know who he is. He's fearful, victim mindset, thinks God's abandoned them, thinks it's too late, and, and the angel comes and prophesies. He says, basically, you are a mighty warrior. Gideon probably thought, well, this angel must be new to angelic prophetic ministry. Either that or he came from a great worship service at Zion, got overly excited. <laughs> and has overestimated me. No, I mean, Romans 4.17 says, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are. Romans 4.17, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are. And that's the context of that is, is that God called Abram. He changed his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of multitude, the prophetic, where he called him by his prophetic destiny. And he actually created an identity out of it. He said, this is who you're, you're to call yourself by the promise. I am, who, hey, who are you? I am father of a, of, of a multitude. I'm father of many nations. Well, where's your many nations? They're coming. And then it says in 1 Timothy 1.18, it says, Paul told Timothy to war a good warfare according to the prophecies given to him. 
And you start, you start seeing patterns and prophetic words and re re repeated things and things that you just, you just know, man, this, this is God's telling me. Like he told me, I haven't called you to fail. I've called you to succeed and that you are a success. I want you to start warring with that thing. I want you to start fighting. I want you to start cutting some devil head off with that. And so this is what I'm sharing tonight is, is, is foundational. The, the basic thing is that encouragement is foundational to prophetic ministry. And then the priority of prophetic, and, you know, obviously you're going to get some great training this, in this uh, course, this um, quarter, in what you're, what the specifics of how to prophesy, how to hear God, even at a you know, at a greater level, ways to say things, ways not to say things in prophetic. But I wanted to just release over you tonight just the, the what I believe is the foundation for it. So here's what I want to do. Before the team comes back up, um, we'll give them a few minutes just to turn loose. See, we're talking about prophecy. Maybe they should prophesy. <laughs> um, if you heard a phrase tonight that spoke to you, um, I'm going to, and you, what I'd love for you to do is just raise your hand if you got a phrase, and then I'll call on you. You say the phrase, and I'll repeat it. I just want to hear what spoke to you. Yep. Yep. If something's going to happen, something has to be spoken. By the way, I love your worship, Bethany. It just ignites something in me. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. Be the most encouraging person that you know. I want to be the most encouraging person in my life. You know, it's not a negative competition. It's just kind of exciting to just to try to be that. Yeah. Encouragement is the foundation for prophetic ministry. Yeah, I'm getting a key. I'm getting a key. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a key tonight. Yes, we can say amen to that. And prophesy to yourself. And to get mad. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> the Bible says in, in Ephesians 4, be angry and sin not. I believe because we don't get angry at the right things, we get angry at the wrong people. Great leaders see people. Never go to a meeting without encouraging somebody specifically. You know what would happen if everybody did that? Whew! Miraculous. We're not called to fight the darkness. We're called to turn on the light. Yeah, everybody's negative quality is usually an immature aspect of a positive quality in their life. And what's your name, by the way? Gabrielle, you know, when I said that, I saw something happen in you. I saw something. And, and, you know, there's something about your love for people and your compassion for people that's incredible. It's incredible. And the Lord, I just see him taking that phrase and you being a healer in relationships and you understanding people and you unlocking people like Gideon's 
and you've got a, just a great prophetic anointing on your life. A couple more. <laughs> I like how you said that. Yeah, the purpose of church leadership or, you know, counseling is not just to be dirt removers. Let's laugh at that. Ha <laughs> ha. No, it's, it's, to, it's to see the gold in people. And people won't mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you see gold. Yeah, people will let you. Yeah, if they perceive that, that you don't believe in them and that you're just trying to remove their dirt, you're going to have less likely chance of influencing them. Ask God to what? Yes, ask God. You start encouraging people, then you say, Holy Spirit, take over my encouragement. Sean, would you hear? Yeah, if you have specifics in a prophetic word or in an encouragement, that means you truly are considering them. Yeah, healthy people have their eyes looking upward and outward on a regular basis. The more you believe he's reliable, the more hope you'll have. Yeah, right here. It's a powerful thing to really see other people. See them how God sees them. Yep, one of the best ways to encourage yourself is to encourage somebody else. Man, you guys are good listeners. I'm getting encouraged hearing all this. Yeah, he was the most hope, was the most influence. And that prophecy is a hope-filled ministry. Because you actually have, you can't, you can't prophesy to that to a person or a place you don't have hope for. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> it's not going to work well. Romans 4.17. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what prophecy is, calling those things that are not. You know, sometimes, you know, we'll release a word. You know, like I'll give a word to somebody or somebody you might, and somebody else will say, well, that was a bad word. I know that person. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. I know them. That was not a good word. Ha, 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 ha. If we're only hearing things that come into agreement with our experience, you know, if someone would have heard the word over Gideon, a mighty warrior, I would have said, that's a bad word. Angel missed that one. Because I know Gideon. A couple things here. By the way, uh, here's what I'm hearing. Team, why don't you come on up and... What, you got one? You named your dog Hope? Are you serious? Man, that dog, that's got to be a good dog. 
Wait, I want to, uh, we want to do an offering. So we want you to consider Steve right now. And uh, we, want to, we want to do an offering. And so uh, we're going to have our, yeah, our, our um, welcome team come up and they're going to pass around some buckets in a moment. And there's probably some, yeah, thank you so much. There are ways to give. If you give with the app, uh, you can just select Steve Backlund and all the money, regardless of how it's given, check, cash, app, is all, this all goes towards Steve. Um, so, hey, if, if you've benefited from this weekend, this is our last kind of time to sow into these guys and to sow into Steve and his ministry, Igniting Hope and everything that they bring. I just encourage you, if, man, let's just ask the Lord for a moment. God, how much should I give right now? Jesus, how much should I give right now? Okay, go with that number. The buckets are going to be coming around. You can give online in the app as well. So, all right. All right, just a couple things real fast. Just I know you're, you got it. Uh, I have a couple books I want to give away. This is a book called Declarations, uh, 30 Biblical Reasons for Me- Making Declarations. This is how to prophesy to yourself. It's uh, declarations, unlocking your future. Yeah, unlocking your future. No, I'll tell you what. Why don't, I'll, I'll, let's do it this way. Let me talk about a book. And then you guys figure out a person to give a prophetic word to. It doesn't have to be connected to what I'm saying about the book. And then just give them the book. Give the person. Are you, you want to do that? Okay, let's give away declarations. Who are you going to give it to, Mara? What's your name in the, in the camera? Nancy, hi. I just, you were ready to go. You were ready for this book. And, um. Yeah, there's something that is uh, beginning to burst forth from you. There is a new something that's bursting forth from you. And I actually just saw this, like, picture of this, um, this giant dam, like this massive dam, and it sprung a leak. And this isn't a bad leak. This is a really good leak. There's something that's been, like, growing, and, like, oh, there's all this water that's, like, building up behind the dam, and it's, like, ready to go. And I just see this, like, little, and it just shoots forth just, like, power hose of water, and it grows and the dam is breaking forward. Like, the dam is bursting forth. There's something coming out of you that is really, it's, it's new life. It's a new gift. It's something new and exciting that the Lord's been cultivating in you that's ready to be um, burst forth. So we just bless you with that. Yay. And then uh, Yvette's going to give this book away. Um, we're, some of you were here this weekend, and our ministry, Igniting Hope Ministries, does an annual negativity fast and positivity feast for Lent for 40 days. It's starting on March 10th. Some of you, who's done that here? Who's just, yeah, a few of you have done that. And it's so powerful. It's a way, if you like this message of beliefs, it's a four, actually, it's a 40-day uh, Renewing the Mind mini school. We've got two levels that you can be a part of. It uses this book, Igniting Faith in 40 Days, as the devotional. And um, so if that's something that sparks in you, we've got some books out there. That who, should, who should get that book? I hear Clint should get this Clint? Book. Clint should get Where's Clint? Clint, you... Know, you... Clint, you know what I noticed about Clint? What did you notice I, about I was, Clint? I, was, I, I saw Clint tonight. I saw him too. Yeah, you know, and Clint. You I know, think you're prophetic. You, you, Steve. I know. Well, he was right up here, and you know what I noticed about him? What did you see? He he's a thermostat in the room. He, he is. is passionate. Yeah. I, I I got close to him and I got excited. I just got <laughs> excited and and you got ignited, fired up. Yeah, I did too. 
Clint, I hear that you are a courageous leader, an influencer, and a natural teacher. And I see a Timothy anointing on you. I hear that there is a mentor in your life who's Paul-like. And I actually see the Lord, even tonight, start increasing the teaching and leadership anointing on your life. It is increasing. And I just see you traveling and honestly igniting a young generation and knitting their hearts and preparing their hearts for the gospel. Bless you in Jesus' name. I wrote this book with a guy named Jim Baker. Wow. Called Help, I Am a Pastor. Jim and I had so much fun. You know, we, we, we had so much fun. We have 50 scenarios in here with names of people. And we, we, the names in the book are the funnest thing, you know, where we actually try to describe a person that a church leader faces by the name. And, and it's so good. And, you know, Jim occasionally sends me texts uh, of new names. And I remember one he sent me about a month or two ago. The, the, the name of the person's first name was D, D-E-E. -E, and the last name was Monic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just be a random text. D Monic. You know <laughs> And then I think I sent him one over Christmas, um, uh, Jim Goldbells. Huh? Jim, Jim Goldbell, Jingle, yeah, Jingle Bells. Yeah, just, yeah, yes. Not, not quite as good as demonic, but yeah, I, I tried. This is a great book for church leaders. Um, yeah, just uh, anybody who's trying to lead people can value that, so... Yaku, who do you want to give that to? Okay. The lady with the checkered shirt with the white hair. Yeah, you've been, you've been highlighting me the whole night. I just believe the Lord is... is What's her name, by the way? Yeah, sorry, what is your name? Amanda. Amanda, I just sense strongly that the Lord is, 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 is busy clarifying your assignment over your life. And that, uh, and that you're a woman of great influence, and, it is calling, and it's calling you to rise and shine into the newness which it has for you in this year. So I bless you. Amen. Then the last book I want to give away is Wendy's book, Living from the Unseen. Uh, it's just a powerful book about her revelation. By the way, you know, I talked to Wendy last night, and she's going to come to Powell next year in January. I talked to her, and I said, you really should come here. And she said, I want to come. So we, that's, that's exciting. And um, this, she's just got such a great revelation of the spirit realm and the importance of accessing that we're more spirit than flesh. And, and that revelation, there's a workbook with this. There's also a five-part DVD series out there for group studies. And um, so, Mike, who is, this, this book, this is a, this, this powerful book. Yeah, I know. You be careful. And I know which powerful lady I want to give this to. Who? Who? Bethany. Bethany. Wow. I've had the great privilege of spending so much time in your home. And 
it's been the most delightful experience. Your home has such a sweet presence that you cultivate. Like, she was afraid that she woke me up on the first morning um, because she was worshiping. And, and I was like, no, no, you brought me into a beautiful encounter with the Lord and I enjoyed it. Please don't apologize. And then she's just, she's fed us. She's made us so welcome. I've got to watch her interact with her children. And it's, it's, such, it's such a privilege to, to be in your home and to see that. And the whole time I've been in your home, I keep on having thoughts about, wouldn't it be amazing to create homeschooling curriculum? Wouldn't it be amazing to create homeschool curriculum? I'm an ideas person. Then I realized, oh, no, this isn't my idea. This is a prophetic word for you. <laughs> I believe, I, uh, let me rephrase that. There is a grace upon you to create supplemental curriculum for homeschools. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing that as just a blessing to anyone who gets in that, but also a blessing on you as that brings in new um, revenue streams into your home. Yeah. Wow. Someone say, wow. That's powerful. Wow. That was really good. I love Bethany so much. <laughs> it was really good. Um, yep. You're looking right at me. Sorry, Mary. Flannel, what, can you stand up? What's your name? Ashley. Is that your sister? No, no? just like, okay. Because I had this, um, there's something on you for family right now. Um, and I, I was like, maybe that's her sister. Maybe like they're just being cute and both wearing flannel. Maybe you just like sat next to each other. But I just feel like there's something on you for family. And I actually, um, I kind of just saw you sitting around this fireplace, like with the fireplace chimney, you know, this is sweet, quaint little fireplace. And, um, and I flipped open my Bible and the Passion Translation, Romans 8, um, 14, and it goes on. It says, sons and daughters designed for glory. Um, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, which leads you back into the fear of never being good enough. You did not receive that. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying these words of tender affection. Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes you God, makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into the innermost being, you are a beloved child of God. So that's exactly what you are. You are a beloved child of God. You are invited into the home. You have not been given the spirit of fear that says you will never be good enough. But the opposite has been spoken over you. You will always only ever be good enough because who your father is, because of nothing that you've done, but because of exactly who you are. You get to rest in that promise. So we break off all striving right now in the name of Jesus. All striving has to go. All fear of never being accepted. All fear of not having a seat at the table goes right now in the name of Jesus. You have a stocking on the fireplace. You have a seat at the table because of who your father is and not because of anything you've done. Because of who he made you to be. Yeah. Um, that's Romans 8, 14 through 16 in the Passion Translation. 
That's a good word. Sean, I'd like you to stand, please, Chase. Hmm. I've had this word since yesterday. Sean, you are a Jesus lover <laughs> who exudes and imparts the love of Jesus everywhere you go. And as you walk, you create miracles. Miracles surround you. I see an increase of the miraculous coming on your life like you have never seen before. It's like an egg that's been cracked open and the yolk is everywhere. And God is increasing life and your prophetic. I also heard that this school, the supernatural school that you have planted, was built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And therefore, the school is unshakable. And the promise that came out of that, where I see the school going, and as an attribute for you as the leader of the school, is this promise. Every student will succeed. Every student will build a long-lasting ministry. And those ministries will create revival hubs everywhere they go. And I heard the words multiplication upon multiplication upon multiplication. So I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Oh, powerful. Wow, okay. Um, I've been carrying this word from Thursday as we came into Columbus. And I believe it's for Mary and for the worship team and for the church. And um, it's, it's good. Um, it's, um, in my spirit, Mary, I've heard the whole time the trumpets of heaven blowing over this church. I'm hearing the trumpets of heaven is blowing from this church. And I believe God is saying to you guys as a church, it's time to sing a new song. As a new song, it's going to birth a new day for Zion Church. And I'm, um, I'm hearing Zion Church is carrying the sound of heaven for this reason. And that songs of deliverance is going to come from this place. And it's going to, and it's going to release a, a revival of freedom in, in Columbus, which is going to set people free. But I just want to declare for Zion Church that songs of deliverance is coming. Songs of healing. Songs of breakthrough is, is, is coming from this church as the trumpets of heaven is blowing from this church, and I sense strongly that, 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 that God is going to bring songwriters and worship leaders and singers that's going to that, that's going to send forth the Son of Heaven into this region. That's going to bring a new wave, a wave of revival through and in this church, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the word I have is for all of the men who are not yet grandparents grandfathers even, because I'd like you to stand up. And for anybody who either works for or has a family member who works for or works for a company that is somehow related to NetJets, also to stand up. Yeah, come on. 
Okay. Oh, that excites me so much. Oh. You are courageous overcomers, and you are receiving strategies for influence. You're receiving strategies that will show you that the opportunities that lay before you are good. Understanding of how to see your opportunities so that there'll be great release into your lives and your wings will be able to stretch wide and you will soar above every and any storm. Hmm. Specifically, the Lord is revealing strongholds of fear and he's tearing them down because his word to you is be bold and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. There's great increase upon you. There are opportunities before your eyes. And he wants you to seize the day and take them. There's relational breakthrough for you. There's increase. And I'm so excited. I bless you in Jesus' name. And I bless NetJets and I bless the influence that this house has on NetJets. And I believe that Berkshire Hathaway, which is the investment fund that owns NetJets, is going to recognize that NetJets is influenced. And they're going to see that it comes from the people in this house. And they're going to be raised up. You're going to be raised up to have an even greater influence over Berkshire Halfway's group <laughs> and over the clientele of NetJets who fly the skies. It's huge. You guys received that? Bless the team. Good job, guys. Thank you so much for serving. And wow, that was some good prophetic ministry. Whew. Thanks so much for hosting us so well, and I know this is, is always is such a blessing, and um, I just heard just over you, uh, Jim and Mary, that this is a year of um, exponential increase in influence, and not only you, but this ministry and your team, it's a year of exponential increase in influence and just uh, I love your hearts for leaders leadership and the integrity of your heart love it I love partnering with what God's doing and you guys receive the ministry tonight yeah amen if you do just say I receive it I'll never be the same again something happened in me tonight it was supernatural. It's going to increase. 
and it's going to influence the nations. Amen, amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. We got some resources. They'll be available for a little while. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can do that as well. We do a lot of things online and just uh, love to encourage people. So, Sean, thank you so much. Great.